Welcome to Rex Factor. This week, Harper Canute. With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Harold's dead. Harold's dead. Um, welcome to Rax Factor. <laughs> Viewing all the kings and queens. Yeah. One day. Sexist. Well, we haven't got there yet. No, not yet. Harold's dead. So, quick recap. We're doing half the Canute. Previously, we'd had King Canute, who won the Rex Factor, had a North Sea Empire, very successful Viking stroke Saxon ruler. He died, and then his son, Harold I, from his first wife's marriage, mm. uh, became regent and then king, even though half the Canute was really the legitimate heir. Yeah. So there's a lot of fighting there. The two Cold War mothers, Elgafu and Emma, fight it out. Ultimately, Harold dies, so Emma wins. And uh, half the Canute becomes king in 1040. 1040. Um, he's born in about 1020, and as I said, son of Canute and Emma, so he's the legitimate heir. So he's, well, he is actually like Harold. He's about 20 when he 20 comes to the years old. And he is apparently the first cousin... 28 times removed of Elizabeth II. I'm looking at the card here. You are? And the first thing that strikes me is this chap on this card is not 20 years old. <laughs> if he is, he puts my tiny little beard to shame. Um, I fear many. Yeah. That, many could. I mean, I think it's an artistic licence, but he, look, yeah, he looks a business. So, I mean, to be feared, this chap. Yeah, he's got a, a red cloak. Mm. Cloak? Is it, could a cloak make a return, or is the coat just no, that dead. much better? It's that much better, and being the cloak warm. is just dead. It's a shame. Because you imagine being in a hut and wrapping it around you. Yeah. That would be nice. Not, not in those times, though. It's a, sh- it's a real shame. Yeah. It's nothing, there's nothing that would be lost by adding a cloak to a coat. Hmm. Just an extra layer, isn't it? An extra layer and a style. But could have done with it today. Yeah, tell you that for free. Very yeah. cold. Put your money away. So, we're going to do a bit of overlap here, because he's operating at the same time as Harold, and we're going to see things from his perspective mm. rather than from Harold's perspective. So apologies if some of this sounds a little familiar, but yeah. it'll all be for the good. So, he's the legitimate prince of Harthur Canute, and his birth is quite an important event in England, because this is the first time they've got a legitimate male heir who looks like he's definitely going to succeed to the throne, because we'd had the problems after Edgar the Peaceable... They weren't sure whether it was Edward or Ethelred. Edward was martyred. Ethelred had a disaster. Edmund Ironside had to fight and he lost against Canute. It's all been a bit chaotic for quite a yeah. while. So it's the first decent succession. They're thinking, it's going to be fine now. We've got a decent succession. And obviously his birth enhances Emma's position greatly as the Queen because she's now got a son who is recognised as the heir. And as a result, she's not only the Queen Mother, but also the Queen. So she's sometimes left as regent when Canute's abroad. So she's got quite a powerful position as a result of Canute, mm. as half a Canute. So she's going to want to do everything that she possibly can to ensure that he is seen as the number one son. Yeah, yeah. And that's what she does. So remember, um, one of the things that Canute did was that he tried to sort of patch up old wounds mm. between the Vikings and the Saxons. Yeah. One of them was moving the relics of... Um, a martyred Archbishop of Canterbury called Elf here, which he moved from London to Canterbury and had this big procession so that in Canterbury they'd have a saint that they could all get behind yeah. and London wouldn't be able to have a protest outside of his shrine because yeah. it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. This was a major national event and lots and lots of people 
gather to watch. All the major nobles of the country are there. And Emma and Canute come along as well, and they play quite a prominent role. And in fact, they decided that when the bones had to be interred at Canterbury, there should be a royal presence, but that it wasn't appropriate for the king himself to be there. So in his stead were Emma and Arthur Canute. So this very publicly said, this, my son, is in my standing for me. Oh, in fact, right, yeah, yeah. a very public display of Arthur Canute's legitimacy. It's all being set up. All being set up and very good. And really no other queen or indeed prince had had such a prominent role mm. whilst the father, whilst the king was still alive before. So he's got everything going from at this stage. Okay. Then 1026 or so. It's, he's another one of these. We're not quite sure what year he was born. So he might have been slightly older. But anyway, uh, Canute takes half the Canute to Denmark and has him instated as king. So he's only a boy at this stage, somewhere between sort of six and eight years old. But it's not uncommon practice for kings to have sent their young prince off to foreign countries to grow up at somebody else's court. So he's seen Athelstan had taken people in previously. So he's the crown king of Denmark? Crown king of Denmark, but obviously Canute is still... The king of everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's just to have him develop and grow up there. Yeah. Um, so this is common practice, but at the, that time, Elgafu of Northampton and her children Sven and Harold had actually been in Denmark. So they got moved out right. to England, which is why Harold oh, ended up there. is yeah, in England yeah. rather yeah. than abroad. So ironically, half of Canute's prominence means that he's not in the country <clears throat> and the lesser son is. Error. Error. Well, <clears throat> it works out because it means that half of Canute's there in Denmark and he can defend the country, which is yeah, what yeah. Canute wanted. But yeah. for half of Canute and England... Still turned out roses. Ultimately it does. So... Canute is still doing all the action whenever there's any trouble, obviously, because half mm. the Canute's just a boy and has no experience. Um, so when they have a bit of trouble in Norway and Sweden, half the Canute accompanies Canutes on his fleets and with his army when they go off sailing about and trying to put down and quell any rebellion that yeah. they face. Yeah. Um, and after 1028, when Canute has triumphed and he's established his dominance, at that point, half the Canute is left properly in charge because he's now got experience of having been with Canute when they were doing all the yeah, battling. He's done his apprenticeship. So he's done his apprenticeship and he's now ready to actually be properly king at this stage. So he's king in Denmark and apparently has quite good relationship with his half-brother Sven, who's king in Norway. Yeah. So Canute has got his two sons, king of Norway, king of Denmark, and they get on quite well. And he took Sven in when Norway was taken by Magnus. Right. So yeah, Sven okay. comes over with Harold and together they're going to fight to take back Norway or at very least protect Denmark. But obviously this means that he's not in England. So, Magnus of Norway means that he loses the initial succession battle, so Harold, as we remember, became regent, and then in 1037 cemented himself actually as king, while half the Canute stuck out yeah. on the continent fighting with Vikings. Um, in terms of what he does in Norway, the tensions build and build. There's a point at which the Danish army and the Norwegian army are actually at a standoff at um, the river Gotha, or Gotha. So they have communications go between the two of them and they decide, wouldn't it be better if we just had a bit of an agreement not to fight and just make peace? So I'll keep Norway, you keep Denmark. It's easier for everybody. That's it. Okay, that was the agreement <clears> that meant he was then in a position to... That was. That was a vital agreement that meant Harthur Canute could focus on England rather than securing Denmark. Yeah. However, a very big part of this agreement that will be important for later is that they do that old thing where they agree that when one of them dies... The other one will inherit his kingdom. Has that ever worked? 
never, never works. No. But this now introduces Magnus as having a claim if he chooses to make it on the English throne. On the English throne or just the Danish throne? Well, half the Canute probably just meant the Danish throne. They should make this clearer. Where were lawyers in the... In Indeed, the they, really should, they should have had lawyers. Because yeah. Magnus, if he chooses to, might think, well, I fancy a bit of the English crown as well as the Danish crown. Some, yeah, strange, very tenuous claim. I'll give it a go. So we've introduced somebody else into the mix. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come to that later. But as we found out with Harold, half the Canute then decides, after being influenced by Emma and hearing about Alfred's murder, that he wants to come back... Mm. take the English throne. He was also probably estranged from Harold because he didn't get any support from him in fighting Magnus. He didn't send any ships, no troops, Mm. nothing. Mm. So he wants the crown, he wants rid of Harold. Delays when he finds out Harold's dying and then in 1040 Harold does just die for whatever reason and half the canoe comes along. And as we were starting to get onto last week, it's a bit of a tricky position for all the nobles who had supported Harold and not said, no, we will wait for the proper king to come, we will not crown you. Yeah, that's a foot-gazing, scratching-your-head moment. Yeah, so it's, and he has something of an ominous arrival, because not only are, is Harold, is that, sorry, half the Canute's not going to be pleased, but Emma is really peeved. She's going to be kicking off. She is going to be kicking <laughs> off. She's an angry woman, she's going to teach them all a lesson. Not least, of course, because they've had her son, Alfred, killed. Yeah. So it's not entirely yeah. illegitimate that she's got an axe to grind. Yeah. As axes to grind go, that's quite a <laughs> yeah. sharp one. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got more reason to fear because half the Canute in, arrives pretty much as a conqueror. So he doesn't just waltz in with a triumph and people cheering on the streets. He brings 62 ships and 5,000 men. Even though it was pretty clear that he was the only chap yeah. there. Yeah. Pretty clear, but there's a bit of a standoff for a while. They're not quite sure what's going to happen because they're all a bit nervous, really, mm. about what he's going to do. And the 5,000 men, worth bearing in mind, that London at this time had a population of about 10,000. Right. So an army of 5,000 is pretty big. Yeah. So that's quite intimidating if you're worried about how he's going to react and he turns up with 62 warships and an army half the size of London. Yeah. You're feeling a bit nervous. Indeed. (laughs) Then, of course, he digs up Harold's body, throws him into the Thames. Yeah. He's sort of he's making noises that suggest he might not be sympathetic mm. to everybody. And indeed Godwin, who was the one that was seen to have betrayed Alfred, was put on trial for his murder. So there's a question of whom his master was, who he was serving. Was he serving Harold, and thus I was only obeying orders? Or should he have been uh, serving Alfred, and thus he betrayed him, and it was a mm. proper all right murder? Godwin sees that this is a bit of a problem. So what he does is he presents Half the Canute with this glorious, magnificent warship fitted out with about 80 warriors. Huge, huge cost, but it's a big gift, it's a big bribe, and does the job. Oh, really? Half the Canute lets him off. Excellent. Please. So there is a price. There is a price. Every man has a price, and him it was a lovely new yacht. <laughs> a big price. Yeah. You're mind starting you, that's mine. to sympathise. Yeah. Yeah. You can see yeah. how this man's mind works. However, like with uh, Canute when he'd invaded England, he's got a massive army that he doesn't need anymore, and they want to be paid. Sure enough, Harthur Canute has very, very severe taxes that he imposes on the country. And what's more, he uses his house cars, mm-hmm. especially trained bodyguards, to go out and collect the money. Yeah. Saxons aren't too chuffed with this, really. They don't particularly like this, and this sort of feeling that they've been conquered again and are being taxed very heavily. And... This is made even worse because he decides to double the size of his standing navy. 
So instead of having 16 ships, he's got 32 ships who are always there patrolling as the Navy. So this means that the annual Danegeld is doubled, so we have a cost of about £11,000 that are being taxed just for this, as well as the additional taxes oh, right, on top, yeah. for his army. So England really is being treated as a conquered country, mm. and they don't like it. Sure enough, this is made worse because there's a very bad harvest, which means that with all the stuff that he's doing, the wheat price has increased, and people have to sell off lots of their possessions just to pay the tax. Right. So they're and starving, and... they're paying lots of money, yeah. Not too happy about Not this. Happy. Mm. In Worcester, mm. two of his men, two of his house carls, are murdered by a mob who aren't too happy about it. Mm. In response, he sends all of his house carls and an army to harry the town for five days. As in... Iron fist, isn't lay it? Lay waste to it. I mean, there's, there's maybe <clears> a point, but no, no... Most of them apparently fled in advance, yeah. saw it coming, but nevertheless, others were slaughtered and the town was burnt, so it's a pretty... He's not going to get any tax out of that lot. Well, no, no more tax left. And there's a legend which might have been under Canute, might have been under Harold, might have been under Edward, but we're going to say it's under half the Canute because it had to have not really happened sometime. Lady Godiva. Oh, right. Yeah, commentary. Indeed. So she was the wife of a chap called Leofric, who was powerful Earl of Mercia. Yeah. And... People in Coventry were protesting against these heavy taxes that Half Canute was imposing, and Leofric was imposing them on his behalf, and people were unhappy about it. Godiva herself was supporting the people and saying, This is wrong, this is too harsh, you shouldn't do it. And at one point, allegedly, Leofric said, Well, if you ride through the streets naked, then I'll stop taxing them. So sure enough, Godiva gets on her horse, all her clothes off, and trots through the street. And the Beatles lyric, <coughs> did you think the money was heaven sent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I suppose if you ride through the streets, it is. Indeed. Um, other legend that came out of that was that one man called Tom couldn't resist because people had been told, shut your windows, don't look, ladies coming through naked. You would, though, wouldn't you? Well, Tom did. I would, anyway, yeah. Tom did. He had yeah. a little peep. Yeah. <laughs> ah. 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 And was apparently then instantly struck blind. Oh, it's divine yeah. punishment. But the that eyes. is where we get the phrase Peeping Tom. Really? The Lady Godiva story, yes. I mean, whether the story's true or not, that's definitely where the Peeping Tom yeah. thing comes from. Excellent. Excellent. So, a well, bit of context, a story that you facts. know, Lady Godiva. History fact, history fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a new voice. Anyway, so, not very popular. Come along. What does he do? 1041, a year later, he recalls Edward from his exile in Normandy. Edward is the... The son of Emma, Emma. from yeah. her marriage to yeah. Ethelred. Right. Because he doesn't have a son at this stage, but why does he do this? Why does he want to bring back potentially a rival to come and be at his court? We remember that Harold had killed Alfred yeah. when he came along. Why is Harthur Canute inviting Edward to come over? Enemies close? Well, that's one, uh, one explanation for it. There are a few things, one of which is that he genuinely had this sort of sense of fraternal bond and concern. So he had been really upset when Alfred was murdered. He saw it as an assault on his own king, his own kin, his own line. He prosecuted Godwin for this. He dug up Harold and chucked him into the Thames. So he's generally got a bit of a beef about his family. So even though he hadn't met Alfred or Edward, he feels an affinity towards them. Right, Okay. One explanation. And certainly that's how Emma presents it in her um, her history, the Encomium mm. Emma. She says there is brotherly love, the uniting of her 
Arthur Canute and Edward as this wonderful triumvirate. So this history is carried on? She keeps writing this? Yeah, she updates it. Oh, right. And okay. it's properly published, I think, in 1042 or 1043 okay. or 44 right. or something. So it's just the first draft you'd seen before? Yeah. yeah. I don't think she'd written it before. It was a sort of an oral okay. document. Mm. But it does become published. Um, another explanation is that, like his brother, he was suffering from ill health at a young age. And he doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have any children. His father died young. Both of his brothers have died young. And there isn't a legitimate heir that he has. So he's thinking, who's the next person? It's Edward. Bring him across. Have him seen as my heir. That'll secure the succession. Right. So yeah, he's trying to secure things for the future. I'd do it like that. The other option is that it might have just been a strategic move. He was unpopular when he turned up with his army and with the massive taxes. So, and Ember was as well. So maybe they thought that actually they could just use Edward as this old king, the old blind from the Saxons. To boost their image, boost mm. their popularity, yeah. make them look a I bit more, advisor, yeah. make them look more uh, legitimate, make them look a bit more sympathetic, sympathetic mm. because they're not killing yes. his yeah. son there, bringing him over. Um, it may also be that half the Canute, rather than being in a state of about to die, was thinking, oh, maybe if I have someone that I can trust as regent, I can go off and take back Norway from Magnus and not have to worry about what happens if I die and he wants to take all of my land. Yeah. So lots He's of, someone there. He's yeah, lots there. of strategic things. Frank Barlow, who wrote the biography for Edward, suggested that definitely the family reunion was dictated by convenience rather than love, so it wasn't just a happy-clappy. Yeah, it's, it's probably a mixture of all of the above. I think so. There are lots of reasons why it makes sense. Mm. And indeed, it works out quite well for him, because Edward, who actually is much older than um, Arthur King, Edward's sort of in his late 30s at this stage. Yeah. And he's been used to having to move around, deal with circumstances. He's actually quite a diplomatic character. So he works yeah. quite well. He fits in very nicely. And sure enough, Emma begins a propaganda campaign to have him seen as the approved heir. Right. To Emma. Emma. So once again, she's getting one of her sons yeah. set up yeah. so that people are ready. So that, again, she'll be able to maintain her yeah. position okay. when another son succeeds. And indeed, that's why she updated the encomium M.I., so to have the three of them there as his family makes oh, it all nice. seem legitimate, makes it all seem fair. So it works out well with Edward, and it's just as well that he's there, because in 1042, half the Canutes, um, he's at a wedding, apparently in Lambeth, and as the did it. Saxon Chronicle says, well, as he stood drinking, he fell suddenly to the earth with a tremendous convulsion. Those who were nigh at hand took him up, and he spoke not a word afterwards, and expired on the sixth day before the Ides of June. So, That's it? Yeah, he has a fit, basically. And so dies. he comes back, he's unpopular, and brings his brother back. And dies. And so dies. 1042, half of Canute has died, like Harold and like Sven, very young, obviously is a, a bad gene in there somewhere. Does, is there any indication that he's poisoned? He's drinking wine and he falls to the floor convulsing? Yeah, there, there's no suggestion of it at I'm, all. I'm suggesting it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I so if anyone's listening out there, you can, do, mm. you, know, you can write it in your books. Ali Hood suggests that... Arthur Canute yeah. is poisoned. Based on Rex Factor. Who is he poisoned Ten. by? Uh, Emma. Emma poisoned him. Yeah. Her beloved yeah. son. Yeah. 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 Why? Well, she's used to losing them. Yeah. And she's, Get it over with. She's meddling. She, likes, she loves this to get involved. Basically, she's trying to be queen. That's her plan. Uh, kill all the kill sons. Kill all the sons. All the prince watchers to be Kill gone. everybody in the entire world. <laughs> then I will Job be done. queen. Yeah. Well, it's certainly uh, an original thesis. Thank you. Write that one up. Yeah. But what this means is that Arthur Canute is dead, Edward becomes king, and the Viking line, the Viking dynasty, ended. 
So after Canute came in, that big empire, that successful reign, the Rex Factor... And it wasn't through loss of battle as well. ...didn't do anything wrong. His just sons, as Frank uh, Stenton said, a miserable anticlimax with his sons. Yeah, that is. It just it's peters right. out from nowhere, really. It's not yeah. that they're under any pressure. A bit of pressure from Norway, but he sorted that out. It's like having a brilliant car... And if you're sorting out, it's past its MOT, it's fine, not a problem, but you don't put oil in it. Just, yeah. just, and that really, that's what killed it? Rubbish. Rubbish. So, Harper Canute, 1042, he's dead. Two years. Two years. Abysmal. Let's get on and review him. Battleliness! Better than Howard here, we've got something to go on. He, uh, he managed to secure Denmark, yeah. obviously, so he was facing... Uh, a hostile young king there. Through agreement, though. Well, exactly, through agreement. And um, as someone said, he's sort of a complex character because most monarchs readily resort to force in these sort mm. of circumstances. They'll run off into battle, do lots and lots of fighting. Where it's arguable here, his natural inclination is to avoid campaigning and avoid fighting battles. You could see that as him being a bit more sophisticated in terms of how he deals with matters of state. He's trying to think of the best way to do it. Because certainly it was better for Denmark this way, because although they'd been at odds, it did secure Denmark's security, because he knew that Magnus wasn't going to attack him. Yeah. And likewise, it made sense for Magnus in Norway, because he knew that he wasn't going to be able to fight a long-term battle. Yeah. Whereas Harthur Canute knew that he just didn't have the resources to rule directly in Norway. So even if he conquered it, he wasn't going to be able to keep hold of it. So it made more sense, you could argue, not to fight. It did. Rather yeah. just to sort yeah, that out. Yeah, that, but, you know... And then the way that he comes into England in 1040 with that massive army and the ships and everything demonstrates that he does have a forceful army behind him. He doesn't like using it. But he doesn't like using it. And as um, somebody else suggested, that he was maybe just a bit lethargic in, yeah. in his character. And whether that was because he was already ill, not certain. But certainly he doesn't seem to be keen to do anything. And you could say if he'd had an early show of force in Norway, they might have backed down. Yeah. But partly, of course, we have to remember that with Harold being in England, he didn't get the ship sent over to support him. So there's not much he could have done. So he was restricted a little bit until he could put Norway to bed. It's not enough for me to be satisfied. No, I mean, it's, ultimately it's not a great record yeah. because we don't have anything. But unlike Harold, he is a man who has an army at his disposal, a man who commands the respect of the army and faces off with another army. Mm. Mm. So he's not a weakling and he's not... Just uh, nothing. Yeah. But at the same time... No actual no real actual battles. battles. Two? Two, yeah. Um, I'll... Yeah, I'll go along with that. A two. So that's a four in total for yeah. battliness. Not not particularly good, but at least he didn't lose. Yeah. Scandal. Well, we have the massacre at Worcester, or the harrying of Worcester, where he sends people in... Mm-hmm to stomp things out but apparently this well, well it certainly wasn't unusual we remember I think Edred had done something similar in Thetford when a bishop had been yeah and there's loads of harrying lots of the harrying. North, like... and something I've read apparently was that it was actually a legal response to really a, for a king if a community commits a crime he could go along and just kick up some dirty <laughs> people and harry the community for a bit so apparently it's not Necessarily very scandalous, it's just uh, perfectly above board. Yeah, well, yeah, <clears throat> I suppose we're judging it by today's standards. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a quote from Frank Stanton, it's an ugly illustration of spasmodic violence with which Anglo-Saxon governments reacted to local breaches of public order, but it is normal. Yeah, breach of public order. Yeah. What else have we got to go on then? We've got Lady Godiva. That's pretty good. 
Pretty like good. That. Naked noble woman yeah. riding through town. Man oh. getting blinded for having a look. Having a look, yeah. Poor old Tom. Having a little... Um, also, although he wasn't there for very long, he did manage to betray somebody. A chap called Eadwolf of Bernicia. Um, it's not quite clear how, but the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle states that in this year, Hartha Canute betrayed Eadwolf mm. of Bernicia. Probably he was someone who was quite powerful and a bit independent, and he came into Hartha Canute's um, protection, and Hartha Canute just had him killed. Well, there's not much to go on. And there's all these some... events, also we've got the heavy tax, the, sort of the standing yeah. army, the sense of the conquest. It's very unpopular at the time. But not, not necessarily but not scandalous. Very what, scandalous. What did Edward the Elder do to get two? Um, I think that was just because we weren't giving zeros. Oh, right, okay. So we've got a... We've got generally pretty low scores for scandal, actually. Not many. We've only got three kings who are in double figures. Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> two... I mean, it's low. It's three. Two or three, in my mm. mind. I'm going to give him a three. Okay. No, I'm going to give him a three and a half. I'll go two, Because some unpleasant stuff in here. Five and a half total. Another low score, but a bit better than Howard. He's yeah, doing at the moment. He's improving. Subjectivity. Well, he's, he's only there for two years. Hugely unpopular. Harsh ruler, heavy taxes, standing army, sense of being invaded, throws the previous king into the river, puts earls on trial... And yeah. no proper successions secured until he brings back a somebody else. Somebody else who um, isn't forces a noble woman to ride naked through the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Harry's Worcester, and this is just in two years he gets a pretty bad reputation. So in fact, it was the opinion of someone at the time that he never did anything worthy of a king in the whole of his reign. Well, that's pretty damning. Pretty damning. In defence of Hartha Canute, he was probably used to a different style of government because he'd been brought up as king in Denmark, it was a bit more paternalistic there. So he was used to just being king, giving out commands, and do this, do that, do Lots that. of taxes. That's still Lots the way taxes. today, lots of taxes in Scandinavia. Hmm. Yeah. It's the half of Canute way. <laughs> yeah, but when he came over to England, there was more of a culture of conciliation, of liaising with the Wheatam, with the nobles. Yeah. But that wasn't the way that he operated. It wasn't what he was used to. And as such, he didn't appreciate the nuances of the English system of government, and consequently mm. was at odds. Well, from a subjectivity perspective, you're not going to give him marks. I'm not going to give him any marks. No, I mean, even think about if you're a resident of Worcester, you don't. You've got all that. You don't like him, and he kills you. Yeah, (laughs) zero. It's not. They'd give him minus points. Any better? No, I. I, I'm trying to think. Can I justify? Because I think Ethelred the Unready got one and a half, and you know we're not having people being sold into slavery at least. No. I think we overmarked him on subjectivity, yeah, I thought. I think we did. Um, I'm going to give Hartha Canute a one. One. Because I imagine he probably was at least powerful. So you probably wouldn't have messed with England at this time. Yeah, you, you wouldn't have been fearing invasion. Yeah. But you might have been fearing future invasion if he hadn't got a son and was pretty ill. But then, to be fair to him, I suppose this is where we can give him a bit of credit. Because he brought back the other He brings there. back Edward, he brings back a rival into his court and sets him up as the heir so that he secures the succession. So at the very least, we have that in place. Because if Edward hadn't been in the country, there would have been no one in England with a legitimate claim to the throne, or a clear claim. I think one is fair then, because... Because for for one for bringing back Edward, yeah. that's it. 
so that there's some semblance of succession, even if it's a dodgy one. Yeah. So that's a two for subjectivity mm. for bringing back Edward. So well done mm. for bringing back somebody well, better. Well, yeah, bringing back someone to make the situation a bit mm, iffy. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd just been dreadful. Yeah. yeah. Two for subjectivity. Longevity. Well, this is this is also two for longevity. Full stop. Two years. Um, although, of course, he was king of Denmark from 1035, so he would say that he should have been king for seven years. But he wasn't. No, no, but he wasn't. He's only king for two years. Two. Two for longevity. Dynasty. Not the program. Well, none. I mean, he sets up Edward as a legitimate successor. And we've given him points for that. And he got points in subjectivity, but he doesn't have any children whatsoever. Zero. So that's zero for dynasty, I'm afraid, Hathcute. So that's a total of 13 and a half, which is more than Harold I got, but it's a lot less than uh, some of the previous holders of mm-hmm. the crown. So not mm-hmm. a very successful time, but again, two years, what are you going to expect? So our final uh, question then, and our main question, does he have that air of greatness which elevates him to the very top of our list of great kings? Does he have the... Rex Factor! Absolutely not. Full stop. No debate again. Um, his image on the card, I fear, is just just that. It's not real. Mm. He looks good, but that's all we've got. Yeah. Nothing else. He brings back somebody else to be king. Otherwise, hopeless. Really hopeless. Yeah. Bad luck. Does well in Denmark, though. He secures that kingdom. And he's got a fancy name. And he's got a fancy name. Even if it is largely just his father with Harthor at the front. Yeah, if that's exactly what he is. He's half a Canute. <laughs> he's half a Canute. In fact, even that's over-egging it, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Less than half a Canute. Mm. So that's no on the Rex Factor front for half a Canute. No to both the Canute sons. It's a shame, but his children just weren't up to the job. Yeah, you should lose points for Canute. Bad parenting. Well, you know. Mm. Anyway, that's it. The Viking dynasty is over, so... What does that mean for... Prince Watch! Ethelred and Emma, their first uh, son, Edward, it's worked out well for him. He was in Normandy for a very long time, and in fact he's 38 years old at this Mm. stage, which is older than most of the kings had died. So we've got some longevity genes being pumped back in. Indeed, so he is now king as Hathakin's heir. He's done very well. It seemed very unlikely that he is now king. Edmund Ironside's child, Edward the Exile, he's still in Hungary, Mm. unknown to everybody. Still eating goulash. Still eating goulash. Uh, 22 years old, so he's now a man. Yeah. But uh, at the moment, nobody's heard anything from him. He's not really having any influence on the English court. Knut and Emma, their one son, Harth Knut, has died without issue. So as we've said, this means that the Viking dynasty has ended in terms of Knut. However... As we recall, Hartha Canute secured the Danish throne by agreeing with Magnus of Norway that they would share um, the kingdom. So when one of them died, the other one would inherit the other's lands. Which, as you said, should really have been done by lawyers to say this only applies to Denmark, not to England. But Magnus of Norway thinks, you know what, I think I might make this apply to England as well. You would. So Magnus of Norway, who's about 18 years old at the time, quite a yeah, prodigious little chap he has decided that he thinks he has a legitimate claim to the English throne and as such he is now on our prince watch and his line is on our prince watch because he is going to make a claim to the throne 
So the Vikings are still They're back. They're in there. there. They're in there. Still there. But for the moment, we leave the Vikings behind and we return to the line of Alfred and the Saxons. Whee. So after three weeks off, we are back with the Saxons. Excellent. Back where we were before. And it's Edward the Confessor. A step closer to 1066. Very close. Edward the Confessor that you will have heard of, but I didn't want to say Edward the Confessor and all the Prince Watchers. Just to give a little reveal at the end. So next week, Edward the Confessor, one of the Saxon kings you've probably heard of. But until then, goodbye from me. Cheerio. Cheerio.